Let's get out to the Progressive guest line right now. Progressive, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Get your Progressive, get your quote at Progressive.com today from Montero on Boxing. Talking about the sweet science, here's the great Mike Montero. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's up, Dave? Uh, <laughs> if I sound weak tonight, it's because I'm wearing a very heavy costume. So I just want to <laughs> warn you, I'm wearing a heavy costume. So if my, you know, my legs are kind of shaky right now as I talk to you. Okay, Mike, what was the best excuse? Uh, wearing the heavy costume? Uh, <laughs> Accusing Andre Durrell of working with Sugar Hill and Tyson Fury and talking Mark Breland into throwing in the towel, or Fury had loaded gloves. What, what's the best excuse? You know, there's well, you missed one. I mean, he he actually Deontay Wilder blamed the referee Kenny Bailey. Oh yeah, for yeah. Bias in Tyson Fury's favor, even though he took a point from Tyson Fury in the fight. <laughs> I mean, it's just a litany of excuses. And Dave, let me just say, boxing fans complain and rightfully so that. Fighters don't fight the best often enough. And in this fight, this rematch between Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, this was two of the best heavyweights in the world fighting each other. So that's great. And the fight not only met expectations, it exceeded them. But Deontay Wilder suffered his first loss. It was a humiliating kind of loss because he was absolutely dominated and beat up. And I understand that. You're going to be emotional after a loss like that. But we saw the same thing last year with Anthony Joshua when he lost to Andy Ruiz. And the way he reacted after that loss was with humility, class. He got back in the gym. He got better. He came back and won the rematch. He completely shut out Andy Ruiz in the rematch. For Deontay Wilder, I mean, he's bringing all this criticism on himself. And this is after years of kind of pulling some some bullying type of tactics. He's bullied some of his opponents. He's had a lot of divisive rhetoric, you know, outside of the ring. And he's had opportunities to kind of clean that up and show some humility here. And instead, it's just been a tirade of excuses. He's bringing all this on himself. Make sure you go to YouTube, uh, to the YouTube channel for Mike Montero, Montero Unboxing, and, of course, uh, a writer, contributor for Ring Magazine as well. You know, during the fight, Mike, were you there in Vegas for that fight, or did you watch it, watch it at home? No, I couldn't get out there to Vegas. Okay. But, uh, you know, a lot of my colleagues at Ring were out there. We were talking all week, so... Uh, you know, I was pretty dialed in and clued into what was going on okay. uh, with the British takeover. I mean, it felt like England there in <laughs> Vegas. Um, so you heard Lennox Lewis and Andre Ward were ripping, ripping Deontay Wilder's corner for not taking care of him, not stopping the blood, not treating his injuries. And the only advice they gave him was keep coming forward. They couldn't understand what was going on in that corner. And then did you see the ice pack they brought out? They put it between Deontay's shoulder blades. It wasn't like a regular boxing ice pack. It looked like they bought it at the liquor store right before the fight. It was one of those huge plastic bags (laughs) with ice in it. I haven't seen a corner like that since Tyson and Buster Douglas. Yeah, you just took the words out of my mouth, my friend. That's exactly what I was going to talk about. I think uh, Tyson Douglas, uh, didn't they blow up a, a glove, a plastic yeah. glove with cold water, and that's yes. what they used as the end flow? <laughs> yeah, it, it was amateur hour, man. And you know, I don't want to, I don't want to beat up on Deontay Wilder in, in his corner, but it just seemed that they were completely shell shocked because this was the first time they were in there with an elite level opponent who was at his best when they fought Fury back in 2018. That was a 50 percent version of Tyson Fury. He had come back from all sorts of issues out of the ring. Uh, you know, he had lost a ton of weight. And look, when Fury said, oh, I was only 50, 50%, I'm going to be 100% this time, I'll admit, I didn't believe him. I thought he was just talking trash and trying to play mind games. But he was telling the truth. And when he got in there and he went forward with that crunk gym Detroit fighting style, marching forward on Wilder, pushing him back, 
There was a moment at the end of the first round where Fury landed a huge jab, and it didn't just snap Wilder's head back. It rocked his entire body. He almost went off his feet. His feet almost left the canvas. I think at that moment, him and his corner knew they were in for a tough, tough night, and they just didn't have a plan B, Dave. You know, and I have to admit, Mike, uh, when Deon- when uh, Tyson Fury was saying, uh, I'm going to step into that ring, I'm going to gain 20 pounds to be stronger, I'm going to bully him, I'm going to come straight forward, I've been training, with, uh, and I got Sugar Hill and the Kronk team in so I could punch like Tommy Hearns and push off that back foot, I said, that's a suicide mission. He's never going to do that. He's trying to play with him. He's trying to get in his head. He's going to come out and box him again. I'll be damned if he didn't do every single thing he said he was going to do, Mike. I couldn't believe it. You're right. I- and I felt the exact same way. I mean, I, I got to go on record. I picked Deontay Wilder to win this fight because I just did, I didn't know what to expect from Tyson Fury. He's said all kinds of crazy things before, and he's had so many issues outside the ring. He's just, you just don't know what to expect. But he, everything he promised, he delivered. And again, yep. he, he didn't just meet expectations. He exceeded them. This was a fantastic performance. I think it was the best performance by a British fighter on foreign soil since Lennox Lewis beat Evander Holyfield. Ah. So you're going back about 20 years. Code buy and save on home insurance with Progressive's new home code explorer only at Progressive.com. Well, now it makes you think, Mike Montero, uh, if he was telling the truth about that and when we didn't think he was going to do it, I don't maybe he does masturbate seven times a day, Mike. I, maybe he's telling <laughs> the truth about everything, huh? <laughs> well, I don't know if we could talk about his uh, the training <laughs> regiment where he's That's what he said. I don't know yeah. if we could talk about that one. <laughs> um, now, uh, interesting. Um, Deontay Wilder has uh, exercised the option for the third fight coming up in July, which he can do contractually. But I just think he would be better served, and I think boxing would be better served if we had a unification fight in London between Joshua and Fury. Give Wilder some step-aside money, and he fights the winner. I, I think that's better for him to heal up from the injuries. It's better for boxing. It's better that we put together that huge fight in England. I think that's better for all concerned. I totally agree with you. I, I think 90-plus percent of fans would agree with you. But there is that third fight that is you know, contractually mandated, and Wilder's team basically uh, controls their destiny on that. So, you know, Fury has said he's absolutely open to fighting Anthony Joshua this year. His team is exploring some step-aside money, and maybe that's the route we could go. Maybe they could work in a deal where the winner between a fight between uh, Fury and Joshua has to fight yes, Wilder. Guaranteed. After, guaranteed. Know? If they could work that out, do it. I think that'd be great. Give them five million step-aside money. Sounds good to me for not doing any work. Yeah, give him five. Yeah. Yeah, that fight's going to make a billion dollars in London. So you can give him ten million a step aside money. It wouldn't bother the promoters at all. Absolutely not. That fight's going to do insane numbers. If they oh. did that at Wembley, oh. I mean, it would be. Like, it would be. Remember when uh, Anthony Joshua fought Vladimir Klitschko? They did ninety thousand there. This would be bigger than that. This would be twice as big as that. It, 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 would, it would just shatter records. They'll have to build a second Wembley Stadium and then uh, attach them together. Maybe get the work crews out there for the. They could yeah. do two. They could do two hundred and fifty thousand in England for this fight. They really could. They could. They could build a brand new stadium <laughs> like they did in uh, Saudi Arabia. You know, for the Anthony Joshua Andy Ruiz rematch. I mean, they could go way out in the sticks by Stonehenge and put a ring there, and two hundred thousand people would show up. It would be huge. <laughs> hey, Mike, can you do another segment? I got some more boxing questions for you. I want to talk about. Absolutely, man. Let's do it. All right. The great Mike Montero. Go to his YouTube channel, Montero on Boxing. That's uh, about the best thing going. You know, he's done such a great job of that. He's built that from nothing 
into one of the most viewed boxing channels on YouTube and making a living at it. It's fantastic stuff. Credit to him. And also, you got to read him on Ring Magazine as well. So, boy, i got a lot of questions about a potential a potential AJ Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury fight. How do we make that happen with the, with the conflicting promoters and conflicting TV networks? It's Dave Smith and the Dave Smith Show here at SB Nation Radio and SBNationRadio.com. Listening to the Dave Smith Show on SB Nation Radio and on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. Here's Dave Smith. Fun game going on right now between the Lakers and the Pelicans. Zion has 23 already. He and LeBron are uh, putting on a show tonight. 80 to 80 tie game. 5:16 to go in the third quarter. Zion on the bench right now. This is. Man, would I, again, I would love to see a first-round matchup, Lakers and Pelicans. How much fun. Speaking of fun, let's get back out to the proprietor here. Montero on Boxing on the YouTube channel that you should all be watching. If you're a boxing fan, read his columns on Ring Magazine as well as the great Mike Montero. Mike, thanks for hanging in there with us for another segment. No problem, man. I love talking boxing. Now, here's a question I would have for you because I don't know the answer to this. Um Let's say uh, Deontay Wilder gets maybe a five, ten million dollar step aside with a guarantee to fight the winner. Okay, now we've got Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury in, in the biggest fight, certain, maybe the biggest sporting event in the history of England, with those two British guys fighting to unify the titles, and then Wilder's guaranteed to get the winner. But if it is AJ and Fury, Mike Montero, DAZN doesn't do pay per view. Bob Arum and Top Rank on the Fury side live on their pay-per-views. How do they make this work? How do they work together if DAZN's business model is no pay-per-views? Well, so here, here's the good part, okay? This is where you could be optimistic. We just had Fury, who fights with Top Rank on ESPN, fight Deontay Wilder, who's a PBC guy who fights on Fox. And they just did a cross-promotional pay-per-view thing, and it worked. And overall, it did pretty well. It, did, it didn't do great numbers. I think they, you know, they, their expectations may have been a little too high, but it was very, very successful. The card made tens of millions of dollars, okay? So I think that gives fans and promoters hope to work together like that in the future. Now, you mentioned The Zone. It's a streaming app. They have a monthly uh, charge, you know, a monthly fee that they charge their subscribers. For an event like this, for that to happen probably would be some sort of pay-per-view where subscribers maybe would get a discount, but maybe they would do some sort of cross-promotion thing where it'd be ESPN. You know, they could even do it where ESPN, the network, could carry the pay-per-view. But on the app side, the streaming side, that could go through the zone. Or it could be all streaming because ESPN is ESPN Plus, that app. So there's different possibilities there that they can do it. They can do it with. But I'll say this, Dave, with the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder rematch, that pay-per-view, the overwhelming majority of the pay-per-view buys, we don't have the exact figures yet, but so far with the trending analysis that they've done, it did very, very well on the app side, the Fox Sports app, the ESPN Plus app. It did much better there than it did on the actual Fox network. So boxing fans are becoming more and more accustomed to watching fights on apps, watching on their computer, watching on their phone, whatever it is. And I think that bodes well. I mean, that gives, I think it gives real possibilities to a cross-promotional fight between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, ESPN, and DAZN. I think it could happen. Yeah. But if you put up a gun to my head and ask me, 
I think we're going to get the third fight between yeah, Wilder and Fury next. I do, too. I think Wilder wants revenge so bad, the step-aside money doesn't mean anything to him. But and, Exactly. Uh, if I'm a DAZN subscriber, though, paying $19.99 a month or 99 for the year, Mike Montero, and they're going to hit me with a one-time pay-per-view after I was promised when I signed up, that's never going to happen. I'd be ticked off. You think they might lose subscribers that way? It's possible. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're still figuring it out. It's still very new. It's just over a year old here in the United States. So the $99 a year fee is really, really good. I think boxing fans that pay that are very, very happy. I think that for such a massive event like this, such a special event that features a fighter in Tyson Fury who's not part of the zone universe, I think fans would understand, and I think for one time they do it. Now, if it's $80, which is what they had to pay for the Wilder Fury rematch, that's too much. They need to find the sweet spot. Is it $30? Is it 40 Is it something like that? I think that would be doable. If they want to charge fans $80, $100, something like that, on top of their subscription fees, then yes, that could be really, really bad for their business but model. This is a billion-dollar fight in England and worldwide. There's so much money, they'd be able to find a way. There's a compromise here. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they could even go back. I mean, you know, whether whether you like it or love it or hate it, they could go back to Saudi Arabia, like Anthony Joshua just did. Apparently, that site fee that they got over there in Saudi Arabia for the Joshua Ruiz rematch that was over a hundred million dollars. Okay, and that's Andy Ruiz. He's not a huge brand. Maybe they go over there. They go back there, and maybe it does half a billion dollars, like the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight did. I mean, there are possibilities. But also, here's the other side of it. From a promotional standpoint, maybe they want to build that thing for a year. Maybe they want to see Anthony Joshua take care of his mandatories first and see Tyson Fury beat Deontay Wilder again and build toward a big, big fight between the two winners next year. That's an excellent point, and it's a win-win and probably even more money if they win. But – there's risk in that, Mike Montero. What if what if Wilder defeats Tyson Fury? Then we have a big Wilder Joshua fight, but that's not as big, I don't think, as Fury and 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 um and 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 Anthony Joshua in England. Or, well, here's the nightmare scenario, Mike Montero. Kubrat Pulev beats Anthony Joshua in June. You talk about upsetting the apple cart there. Uh, woo, I'll bet if Anthony yeah. Joshua loses every round and winds up on his feet, he's going to get the decision in that fight against Pulev. Yeah, that's his mandatory challenger, and Pulev has only lost once in his pro career, and that was yep. to Vladimir Klitschko, a prime Vladimir Klitschko. So there's no shame in that. He's a good top 10 heavyweight, definitely a quality heavyweight. Uh, so, look, it's always possible. I, it's, you never know with Tyson Fury, you know. The last time he won a huge fight like this is when he beat Klitschko, and he kind of freaked out. You know, he didn't know how to handle that that's success. Right. Has he learned from that, or could it happen again? Could Wilder show us an extra element in the third fight that we haven't seen from him yet? It's possible. So there's a million possibilities here. And you know what? Honestly, Dave, that's what's so fun about the heavyweight division right now. You just don't know. None of these guys are so dominant that you, you think they're going to be the champion five years from now. There's too many variables. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Well, and, he, and the risk with Pulev is, you know, he might kiss one of the ring car girls or the interviewer after the fight. You never know. <laughs> might kiss him right on the lips. <laughs> Hopefully he learned his lesson from the last time he did that. But you just don't know. <laughs> you just don't know. Dave. Well, I, how do you think um, 
I thought Fury showed so much here, completely changing his style. And I saw, and that shows you what great fighters do. They can adapt. Uh, Deontay Wilder cannot adapt because he really doesn't know how to fight. He's a one-trick pony with that right hand. Uh, but, you know, you know as well as I do, Mike, styles make fights. You can't fight everybody the same way. How would Tyson Fury fight Anthony Joshua? I, that's a great question. I think um, Anthony Joshua, you go back to the, his two fights with Andy Ruiz, okay? He showed different elements in those two fights, and he showed that in the rematch that he could win boxing. He was always the come-forward guy that would just, you know, brutally knock people out because he was so physically strong and athletic. But then when he got upset, he had to learn how to box a little bit. The thing is, he has those skills, and he was able to show that in that rematch. So he has shown more levels than Deontay Wilder will ever know. So I think Tyson Fury just can't go in there and march forward against Anthony Joshua. He knows Joshua can fight on the inside, which he's shown. When he knocked out Vladimir Klitschko, he knocked him out with an uppercut on the inside. So he, he knows how to fight on the inside. He could fight backing up. He showed that in the rematch with Andy Ruiz. He backed it to the ropes and landed counter shots. So he has a lot of different wrinkles. I think that a fight between the two of them would be so fascinating because I think it has ebbs and flows. I think you'd see Fury impose his will for a couple rounds, and then Joshua would impose his will, and it would just go back and forth. With Fury and Wilder, the third fight, you just have to think it's going to look a, a lot like the second fight looked. I think Fury would do the exact same thing that he did in the rematch because it works so well. But you can't do that against Joshua because Joshua can fight in different ways. Mike Montero, Montero on boxing with Dave Smith here at SB Nation Radio and SB Nation Radio. Dot com on the Progressive Insurance Hotline. Quote, buy, and save on home insurance with Progressive's new home quote. Explore only at Progressive.com. So, um, you know, and then he gets the shocking upset loss to Andy Ruiz Jr. Then Joshua comes back, and, you know, to his credit in Saudi Arabia, he fights a boring fight, sticks the jab in his face. Ruiz weighs around uh, 400 pounds and can't move, and <laughs> jo- Joshua wins easily. But you know what? To me, he looked a little gun-shy still in that fight. He looked like a guy who didn't want to get hit. Uh, I don't know if he's recovered from that knockout yet. Yeah, I mean, you can see a little psychology there. I, I think, you know, Anthony Joshua, because he's not only the most famous boxer in the U.K., he's probably the most famous athlete in the U.K. He's one of the most famous, probably top ten most famous people in that country, in that part of the world. There's a lot of pressure on him every single time he fights because in the back of his mind, he knows down the road there's that huge fight, whether it's going to be Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder. And a fight with those guys, whoever wins that third fight, is going to shatter records. So it, that's always in the back of his mind. And his promoter, Eddie Hearn, it's always in the back of his mind. So every single fight, is it, there's just enormous pressure. And I think there was a lot of pressure on him in that rematch. I think he handled it well. I agree with you. He looked gun-shy at times. But it's what he needed to do. Now he can build upon that. And we can see how he looks against Kubrat Pulev. And, you know, go from there. But uh, against Tyson Fury, a big six foot nine guy who's shown now that he could come forward and punch. Whew, uh, if he looked gun shy against Ruiz, yep. <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, Mikey Garcia had a good win last night. Still at welterweight against uh, uh, against Jesse Vargas and uh, looked okay. You know, but he, he, he's a pound for pound guy at 135. As a welterweight, Mike, I think we saw against the elite when he fought Errol Smith Jr., 
He's too small. He doesn't have enough firepower, and he just can't. I don't think he can compete with the best up there. Well, I think he needs to get back to 140. I don't know if he can hit 135 anymore. I just don't think welterweight's the right division for him moving forward because that division is stacked. Yeah, I agree. In fact, um, we were arguing today on the Ring Ratings Committee. Uh, Ring Magazine, every, every Sunday, we you know review what happened in the past week, and we talk about what updates we need to make to the ratings. And we're still trying to figure out if we want to even rate Mikey Garcia at welterweight because coming into this fight, we didn't have him or Jesse Vargas rated as a top 10 welterweight because neither one of them were. And for Mikey Garcia to beat Jesse Vargas, that's a good win. But is that enough to rate him at welterweight? Because as you mentioned, it's a stacked division. So we might put him in there at number 10. I don't know. But I agree with you, Dave. He needs to move down in weight. Here's the thing. Mikey Garcia has always done things his way. And I think he's just kind of at the point in his career where he doesn't want to struggle. He doesn't want to suffer to make weight. He doesn't want to make those sorts of concessions. He wants to walk around, walk around and be comfortable. And he could pretty much make 147 any time of the year. You know, he could just sweat a little bit and boom, he can make that yeah, weight. Yeah, but he can't win. And that's just kind of what he wants to do. I know. He, he can't win against the elite. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I mean, look, at the very, very top of the welterweight division, of course, you got Errol Spence, who already shut him out, basically shut out Mikey Garcia. I think Terrence Crawford would knock him out. Yes. I think Terrence Crawford would absolutely knock him out. Manny Pacquiao. He now, lose that fight, that's too. The fight, that's the fight they're talking about. Yep, yep. I, I agree with you that Pacquiao would certainly be favored. But what we don't know is, you know, Manny is in his 40s. Yep, He's yep. a part-time boxer. So you just never know. So, so I think that's the route they're going to go, and they're going to try to go for the money. That's what Mikey Garcia wants to do. I personally think Pacquiao could light him up. But Me then too. again, he could get old overnight, Dave. We've seen it before. Yep. Well, I think that's smart. That's the most money, and it's probably the best chance he would have to win against those top guys is Manny. So that's probably a smart fight for them. Um, what, about, what about Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence? Do we need to see Spence in the ring? Uh, uh, he looks good. He looks like he's fully recovered from that car accident, but we haven't seen him fight yet. Does, uh, before he goes right into something like that, does he need two, three tune-up fights first? Yeah, I think so. I think it's only fair. Uh, he Apparently, he's back in training, but he hasn't been sparring or anything yet. He's just been doing you know, mitt work and working on the bags and road work and all that. Has not started sparring yet. So for him to go into a fight with Terrence Crawford, who might be the best fighter in the world pound for pound right now, and I'm not just talking boxing. I'm talking all martial arts. I don't think anybody in UFC is at his level pound for pound because the thing with Crawford is beyond all the skills, he can do it right-handed, left-handed. He has this nasty mean streak in him. There's a Sonny Liston in him. You know what I'm saying? There's a George Foreman in him. And I just, he, when you hurt him, you just make him mad and then he beats (laughs) your butt. (laughs) So um, yeah, Spence needs a couple of fights before he goes into that. Well, Mike, my last question here now. Now, your lovely fiance Tiffany, she's got two knockout wins over you in a row. Uh, are you obligated? <laughs> is there going to be a third fight? Is that in the contract? You know what, Dave? I learned my lesson, bro. I'm going to take a couple tune-ups before we go back into that one. There you go. Great stuff, Mike. Thanks for joining us again, as always. All right, man. Have a good night, Dave. There he is, the great Mike Montero. Make sure you go to his YouTube channel, Montero Unboxing, and read his columns. In Ring Magazine, it's Dave Smith and the Dave Smith Show here at SB Nation Radio and SB Nation Radio.com.